Hi, all. Welcome to Calling All Useful Idiots. Thank you so much to the useful idiots who are already here. We're going to be starting momentarily. In the meantime, why not uh, tweet this out? Spread the word. Share the gospel. Uh, it's always a great time. Also, if you're just joining us and you didn't catch our uh, YouTube stream, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube at, at uh, youtube.com slash useful idiots or rumble.com slash useful idiots. Also, Join our Substack at uh, usefulidiots.substack.com. That gives you extended interviews and uh, a whole cool uh, pro, uh, segment called Thursday Throwdown. Also, we do Tuesday chats on Substack. Always a good time. So, and we got a bunch of questions, so let's take them. Hi, no war, Chris. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Because I'm, I'm an immature child. What does LB mean? I don't understand. Little, little B, little B I T C H. <laughs> I obviously knew what it meant. Oh, sorry. Um, um, I, I'm very vulnerable. I love it. Uh, so, you know, I don't really have a question about politics. I have a little bit, of, maybe, of a housekeeping question. I've noticed the logos changed uh, on the YouTube show, not here on Colin. Um, completely expected this to happen, I guess, at some point. It is it. The Aaron and Katie show now in perpetuity, and I mean, as a, 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 a Substack subscriber of yours, I feel like it's this is a fair question. I know maybe there's some. Uh, anyway, is is it the Aaron and Katie show now uh, forever? For, uh, is Matt you, is you Matt made a on? mistake first of all because it always starts with Katie. Okay. I, so you're saying is it no longer the Katie and Matt show and now the Katie and Aaron show? Right, for for good. I mean it you know, outwardly Matt has a show that he does Fridays now. Right. Um Yeah, we, we didn't announce we should announce this, Aaron. We should announce the change. Uh, it is. Aaron has been promoted to permanent co host. Permanent UI? Pers- yeah. Permanent useful idiot. <laughs> yeah, he's a perm he's a perma useful. But but for anybody uh, considering canceling their subscription, keep in mind that my name officially on this show is Aaron Mataibi. So, oh, true. Just Aaron keep that in mind. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Congratulations, Aaron. I'm I'm not canceling. I'm here to stay, and, and I'm happy to uh, happy to see you. Your face up in the logo in the corner on YouTube now. It's, yeah. Uh, well, thank beautiful. you. Thank you. And yes. if you're a Matt Taibbi fan, of course, Matt Taibbi ble- has has blessed this. Um, and we can get into on another one what what why he had to step back. But um, you know, he had that book, and then he had Twitter files, and now he's doing the show with Walter Kern, which is anybody that hasn't caught it yet. The not to you know endorse a, a Friday show competitor of yours, but. You know, if you could spare an extra hour and a half after watching after, Useful right. Idiots yeah. first, you know, it's it's also a good show worth watching. And also, but, just so pe- this is a little boring, but kind of in- helpful to note, because one of the, the major reason that Taibi uh, was able to do the show with Walter, this sound, I'm not I'm not like saying this to make myself feel better, but what was always hard for Taibi was... Uh, coordinating with guests that always took time and also finding the guests and with Walter, he's able to just, you know, chat with Walter, do it with Walter. And there's not a, cause they don't do interviews really. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, 
Uh, anyway, congrats, Aaron, and and look forward to uh, to more great useful idiots content with Katie and Aaron. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, No War, Chris. Okay, Steve, who doesn't go by No War, but we know he is No War. Steve, hi, Steve. Hi, hi you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Hi. Um, so, talking about the media and. Uh, What's going on? Why is the propaganda at a level we've never seen it at in a while or in our lives? I mean, I'm 61. And uh, why is there no peace movement, blah, blah, blah? Why why are the Democrats cold war hawks? Um, Marx said uh, the ideology of the ruling class is the ruling ideology of any age. And I think we're seeing that. I think we're seeing neoliberalism, which really kind of hit America hard, starting with Reagan in 1980, and it's been seeping into people's brains. And uh, if you study neoliberalism, uh, it's, uh, there's no public interest. There's no such thing as the public interest. There's only private interest. There's only your interest in uh, furthering your yourself, you know, or maybe your family, um, and that kind of would explain why people like Rachel Maddow underwent the transformation they they undergo because it's not. So your job is not your job. Your job is is your access to income. So if your job is quote, being a media personality, then um, what matters is how do I maximize my income? So I'm going to do what my editors and what my advertisers and what my audience uh, uh, want me to do. And so what we're seeing is kind of everyone becoming Rush Limbaugh, um, that it's, it's, it's entertainment. It's not media anymore because I can make the most money that way. And similarly with the peace movement, I they, I think it's part of people can't figure out what their common interests are because they're so used to just thinking about their individual interests. Mm. Yeah, I think that's true. And it's 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 funny because it well it's not funny but it's it's self-destructive, ironically. They think that oh, they're no, looking no, out yes. for themselves. Oh no! And and if it's if it if what I'm saying is true, then America's screwed. I mean, we're yeah. not yeah. we're not functional as a, as a country anymore. And I I think you see in the policies that we're not functioning functional as a country anymore. So I, on that happy note, I just wanted to say hello. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Steve. Always good insights from Steve. Okay, Sam. Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? Hello. Yep. You there? We could hear you. Not sure where you went, though. You're unmuted, so it's probably something about your Here you guys, so like, I'll just hang okay, up. Okay, now we can I'll hear get you. back in the queue. No, we no, we can hear you now, Sam. Okay. All right. Uh, Andrew. It's not us. It's you. Yeah. I hope uh, it's not the case with me. 
Let's not. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I just haven't gotten a chance to talk to you about this, Aaron, with the Durham report coming out and you writing a book on the topic. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that and ask you if it played any role in finishing up your book and what you think we really gained out of the Durham report coming so late. Yes, it did impact me in the sense that I've changed the book's title to I was right. Reflections <laughs> on being right, right, right about Russiagate. Um, yeah, no, no, I, uh, no, it doesn't change anything. It's just, uh, it's just one more thing I have to add to it. And, um, yeah, um, I, but I'm disappointed because it didn't tell us, it didn't, Durham did not go very deep and I'm annoyed by that because, uh, I think he caved to intimidation and he didn't, you know, like, for example, like Mueller, like, or like Mueller's team prosecuted anybody for anything just to keep the investigation going, just to make it look credible. Durham... All these people who we tried to interview who are key, like Jim Comey and Andrew McCabe and Peter Strzok and Mark Elias and all these people, they declined to be interviewed by him and he didn't subpoena them, which is just like, I, I, like, why would you not do that unless you're intimidated and you know that you can't step on too many toes? So it's a disappointment, but still, you know, what he came up with still underscores that this was a scam. And, um, but yeah, um, it, it does mean that officially, I don't think there's much more that we're going to learn to come out from official disclosures. So for my book, it, it makes it a lot easier to finish now because uh, I don't think it will get too dated by the time it comes out. Yeah. Do, do you think this is just a frozen meme now? Like there's no evolution from here. It seems like maybe this is hyperbole, but I really think this is the most divisive issue in America. I think so many things are divided by, I mean, Trump tertiarily right because it involves him but i really think the russiagate thing is larger than trump i've told you before i think it went into planning somehow to involve russia with the scandal after they invaded or not invaded uh aided syria in their war against u.s proxies so i just don't know where it goes from here like is there any way i know you're reading a book on it so you obviously feel there's still a fight but I just don't know what, 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 what's going to change anyone's mind now. It just seems like we live in a completely divided reality where I don't know what possibly could change things at this point. We're just going to yeah. go forward now like this. This is completely it's – a, it's a schizophrenic country. Absolutely. Look, uh, we have, a, we have a, a situation where the dominant political faction in media certainly, but also in politics because they're in power right now, they're a cult. Like, they're a Russiagate cult. They believe that Russia was behind Trump, that there was a conspiracy, and no matter how much is presented to show, that not only is there nothing to support this, but this is this like a deliberate scam. They still believe it. So it's like, imagine if QAnon was like super duper mainstream. It's, it's, right. it's that dynamic. So it's, In fact, means, you call it Blue Anon. I, I, call, I call it Blue Anon. And that's why, you know, that's why anytime there's anything that inconvenience people of power, they can just blame Russia. So Hunter Biden's laptop, Russia, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, Russia, Russia, you know. And so I do think this is uh, normalized now. And um, the media is so captured by it. And that anybody who dissents from it, they get like, you know, smeared as apologists for Putin. And so, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a serious problem. Um, that's why I'm writing a book. Yeah. Well, I, I hope. A lot of the left reads it. And I guess I'll ask this to Katie because I feel like she's more in touch with left-wing circles. Katie, do you think there's a divide 
in the left of Russiagate divide? And who, who's, which side is bigger? I, I have my own ideas, but you interact with people more. So I would well, like to know what your perspective I mean, is. By Russiagate, you mean Russiagate or you mean the war like who, in Ukraine? No, not war in Ukraine. I know that's involved, but that comes down the line. I mean, the people that believe the Russiagate narrative. Yeah, I think then, there's a divide. I think there's a divide where, you know, I was I had uh, Vijay Prashad on and we were talking about more the Ukraine war divide. But th- but that doesn't matter because what he said kind of applies, which is that we see we kind of see this divide with Syria. Um, I think yeah. that kind of lines up, although there, there are lots of, obviously more people were exposed to Russiagate than with Syria. But I think the people who are on one side of Syria tend to fall on one side of Russia. Well, it's interesting because Aaron was on the other side of Syria originally, and he actually used his brain and learned. And right. imagine that. he and now was, Right. And so it's just like, what do you think the percent is? If you had to break it down by percentages of what side has more believers on the left in terms of not so much maybe grassroots people, but like maybe media or political personalities. It depends where you draw your left borders, honestly. Sure, true, yeah, right. So, so I if guess you I'm gave saying... me a group, I could probably tell you, but right. I mean, it's a hard it, it, question to answer. I think like yeah. there's definitely the people who who call themselves the real left and position themselves to the left of other people on the left. I'd say for the most, almost all of them are don't buy the RussiaGate conspiracy. I would agree with that. And to me, it seems like a lot of the more Democrat party friendly left does. Right. Or I don't even want to call them Democrat friendly because some of them don't even want to run in the party, I think. But I do think there's more of a clear divide once you get to people outside the Democratic Party versus people wanting to work inside it yeah. on that Russiagate line. I really appreciate your thoughts on that, Katie. I know I've taken up a bunch of time, but if I could just bring up one thing that happened today, because you were talking about the weapons we're giving to Russia on the show and yeah. how the constant refrain is that we're not giving them anything that could hit inside Russia. Well, just today, a supposedly all Russian unit of freedom, Russia, you know, like basically a supposedly Russian military that like deserted and took up arms for Ukraine. They infiltrated Russia today. They invaded from the Ukrainian border into Belgorod with a, it's not a giant force. It's, called a deep reconnaissance group so it's not gigantic but they're using an american vehicle and it's mm. on video and so it's just interesting to me how there's literally incursion into the <laughs> proper russia proper with american equipment and at, you know it's something that we were told couldn't possibly be used to assault russia itself it's just a you know it's just an M- it's just an mrap it's just a vehicle that's mine resistant but here it is inside of Russia, and there's like a firefight going out within the last couple of hours. There's explosions. It's crazy. And wow. So I just don't understand how it's literally don't believe your eyes. We, you know what I mean? And I guess the idea is that because they're supposedly all Russian partisans, that, which we don't have proof for, by the way, that no Ukrainians are involved. Right. We don't know that. But that's what's being said right now. And it's just crazy to me. So I, I didn't would like to hear your thoughts on that if you either of you are aware of that and just this idea of what 
else is there to give them doesn't necessarily matter if what they start doing with the stuff they've already gotten crosses that red line that we said, oh, they can't use this against Russia itself. Well, we're finding out they can. Where did you see that report or read it or whatever? Uh, It's all over Telegram. I'll drop some links in the chat, but it's uh, you can find it on Twitter. Has it been covered by the by the, you know, traditional legacy media? I'm just curious. I couldn't tell you that because I just saw the, but what I would tell you is I can predict the reporting already. It's that a freedom Russia movement, you know, anti-Putin Russians have taken up arms and they have, you know, pulled a reverse Uno card on Russia and they're, you know, how does Russia like it kind of thing. And they're going to make a lot out of this. I think personally, it's a distraction for the upcoming counteroffensive and an attempt to try to panic Russia, kind of like the drone strike on the Kremlin wasn't really effective, but it was an attempt to panic Russia. You see a lot of this stuff going on. And I'll, my only point is just that we hear a constant refrain that we're not giving them anything they can use against Russia inside of Russia. And we're seeing that actually plenty of things that we've given them can be used. And even if it is an all Russian group, how did they get American equipment? So, I mean, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. I didn't need to take up so much time, but no, uh, okay. thanks. Thank you. All righty. Uh, Mike. Hello, Mike. Unmute yourself by hitting the mic icon. There you go. Hello. Hello. How are you guys doing? Glad, glad to be here. Um, good. You? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, well, today, anyway. And uh, it's a beautiful day out. And uh, <clears throat> I just had a question for you guys about um, discussions or, let's say, argument, maybe. Whenever I discuss anything with these um I'd say Democratic-aligned pundits, maybe. They always just attack me by saying that I'm I'm programmed to uh, recite alt-left talking points. And they, they, even, they, even, they even mentioned Greenwald and Aaron and uh, Matt and say that I'm just parroting what they say, even though I read a lot. I mean, I read other things, a lot of things. And it's just that you guys seem to make a whole lot more sense. <laughs> and I and I research what you tell me, and, it, and I don't find any real contradictions other than on other partisan uh, websites or whatever. And I get in discussions, but all I get they just attack me. They just attack me all the time. And I try to tell them that you're just attacking me. You're really not attacking what I'm saying. Right. It just goes on and on. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we see Aaron faces this a lot, which is um, just people launching ad hominem at him because they can't actually engage in the in the issues. But also you can tell your friends that they or the, these people you're fighting with that obviously they're ignorant because they don't mention Katie Helper. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will do that. I will bring yeah. your name up and say, if you think I'm programmed, you know, if anybody's programming me, it's Katie. Exactly. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Tell them to stop being sexist and invisible. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a good one. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Always love to hear you guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks uh-huh. for coming. Bye. Okay. Joshua. Good morning. This is like therapy for, for uh, actual leftists now, I think. 
Um, I did watch this show, and I uh, just was as we were uh, as they were going through the accounting errors at the Pentagon again of neocons and the march of fascism within that, um, and they were talking about replacement costs um, and the accounting error for three billion dollars. I was like, well, you know, you just wrote down F-16s, etc., because you know then. It would be an error, a bank error in your favor, and you're playing monopoly. It's just uh, shifting numbers around on spreadsheets for capitalism's death cult. Um, and uh, then I was uh, thinking about, you know, what discounts for used goods are like when it's like depleted uranium shells or F-16s that are easy to shoot down potentially, or we want to test what their evasion capabilities are. And you know, obviously, based on their uh, excellent fighting skills thus far that the uh, the Ukrainians uh, will can't really fly straight so I can't imagine how long the training is going to take but uh, it's definitely an escalation and uh, in regards to teachable moments uh, the blowback of drone strikes mm. um, and bank corruption and, you know, not taking seriously things like climate. And uh, one of the people that really screwed us in regards to climate was Obama in 2015. He essentially um, already had made a deal with multinational corporations and banks, etc., before 2015. And... Uh, sidelined real climate change and uh which is not surprising either uh but uh, the reality of a currency crisis uh on an individual country and how that impacts its march towards fascism is kind of being played out um and the bank bailouts um the debt ceiling all of this i see is just shitty operation mockingbird which we've been dealing with for I don't know how many years, hundreds at this point, um, it seems like. And, uh, you know, the next two to six years of just cringy simps and puppets is definitely on the table. Um, what we're doing from a military policy basis is no different than the Bay of Pigs. We're trying to get involved in things where then we don't have a choice but to go in and bail whoever or whatever out of the situation, and then we're drawn into an all-out conflict. And uh, that w was not a good option then. It's probably what got Kennedy killed is not wanting to go along with that option. And so now I'll get to my questions. Um, in regards to electoral politics, I think it's pretty clear at this point that I'm not a huge believer. Um, but in regards to a third party, it's been brought up a number of times that there are candidates right now that are not going to get a chance to debate as it currently stands. But they are waiting um, to decide whether or not to defect and go out and declare themselves as independent and run that way. I don't really understand that unless they have problematic stances on the things that we talk about on these programs. Um, maybe their foreign policy isn't as good. Maybe they will make a bargain with the devil once they get into office. Maybe they aren't the demagogues we seek. Um, but... Uh, I think, you know, if you aren't going to declare now that you're against what we're currently doing, then when is the time that we should trust you as a potential leader? Well, I guess so that's my main question. 
your question is why aren't they already ditching the Democrats? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. Um, maybe because the, I mean, the Green Party doesn't have a, a, a lot of infrastructure uh, in the 50 states uh, on a national level. Uh, no disrespect to the Green Party. I mean, I, people who have run Green Party will have said that to me. Um, maybe that's why. But I think it's an understandable, like, it's a good question. It's an understandable idea that it's an understandable position to say, why, why aren't you just doing that? Well, I mean, it, it makes you question their seriousness. Um, and, you know, maybe they want to play with nuance, but I find that to be unserious and disingenuous at this point in time. Um, you're going to have Wolf on, which, you know, I, I think that he is going to be um, definitely enlightening um, and a, a good guest to uh, to combat, you know, kind of the elite position on how things should go. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would also, you know, he's uh, so I, I look forward to that. And uh, I, I won't take up too much more of your time. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay, okay. Let's go to human. I can't see your full name. Human ID. Human idea. Hi, it's humanity, and um, people just come. Ah, humanity. Hi. Um. Hi. Um, Jen and Stella were on the National Press Club today. I don't know if you guys mentioned it in um your podcast. Ste I Stella Morris. Yeah. And who's Jen? Um, his lawyer. Oh, Robin. What's her name? Uh, yeah. Robinson, uh, yeah. Robinson, yeah. And um, they were excellent. But afterwards, there were some questions. And the Australian, someone from the Australian um, newspaper dropped Russiagate again, which mm. is ridiculous. Like, I couldn't believe it. Um, right. And then they just said, well, that's just unfounded. So, I don't know, I was a bit disappointed that they didn't push back more on that with the Durham report out and everything else that's happened. Um, but they did answer it pretty well. And I um, wanted to cue you and Aaron into that so that you can look at it. Um, it's at the National Press Club um, YouTube. There's no comments allowed on it, of course, but at the very that's end, funny. I have questions and... I just thought that one was really astounding. I thought you might want to um, have a look at it and share it with your viewers. Yeah, um, that's, it always kind of both cracks me up and disturbs me when people bring up Russiagate or Hillary mm -hmm. or 2016 and their discussion of Assange because it shows that they either are totally unaware of what he's charged with or just don't care and are irrational about yeah. it and just hate yeah, and I him. Think, I mean, this, this should be huge precedent for um for them to drop the charges obviously and um biden was meant to come here um at the same time and we we're all going to protest right. um him his arrival um but he cancelled i think he shut himself or something right yeah he cancelled that trip yeah yeah i think Allegedly, he shut himself all that's... over air force one and they had to just go oh. to a different airport or something right perhaps yeah. maybe Thank you also. I'm looking forward to you reading your book, Aaron, and um, um, 
yeah, I've enjoyed being a fan of yours for a really long time. I also had um another thing I just wanted to let you guys know with um I can't remember if um what it's called, but there was uh, talk liberation, you know, um that that com um that group who does talk liberation. It's with the Kiwi girl that lives in Russia and I'm forgetting her name right now. Um anyway, I'll tell you the story. Um I had a number one tweet that was um, on Node Excel, identified as being um, having gone viral on Twitter on the day of Julian Assange's being kidnapped from the embassy. And I've had my Twitter um, permanently closed down as a result of that. Like there was a um, there was a massive sweep, and Talk Liberation did an article on that, um, identifying like myself and a number of other people who had either tweets banned, shadow banned, or, um, you know, targeted in some other way by Twitter um, around the Julian Assange um, arrest. And mine was on um, the uh, Lennon Marino's taking an IMF loan, basically as a bounty for releasing Assange to the, um, the kidnappers. And um, it would be cool to see whether the Twitter files would be able to find that. But it's interesting because I think that, did Tybee say that there was really nothing on that? So would that have been erased or what? Um, um, bleach bit or somehow taken away from visibility? Would you guys have any idea of how that could have happened? I don't know. Uh, I have no clue, uh, but I'll look into that. And thank you for the call. Thank you. Right. Uh, okay, Jenny. I am so excited to read your book, Aaron. That should be awesome. I have so much respect for both you and Katie and all the journalists who've stepped up to tell the truth. Uh, when Durham's report came out, big cheer went up at our house because we had been anticipating it for a long time. And um, although I do agree with Matt, you know, too little, too late, it's still an imp important report and justifies so much of my own activism over these last seven years since Trump showed up on the scene. Because I'm a long-term activist around just parental rights, freedom to choose healthcare choices. Uh, I'm a dedicated anti-vaxxer. And so it's been interesting for me to be in various spaces online and see what gets me canceled and shut out of the conversation. And that, you know, health freedom conversation is one of the top that just gets you shadowed and ghosted and kicked out. And I'm, I'm over on Substack right now watching all these journalists, you know, virtue signal how they can't stand to be on Twitter now that Elon's bought it and the hoi polloi are there saying whatever the heck they want. And so they're all on Substack kind of like writing their own journalism and I'm going to be an intrepid investigator like Woodward and Bernstein and take down the elites. And, and it's kind of funny watching the tone of their pieces because there's no self-awareness that they're the problem. They've been the problem for a long time. And so 
Um, I'm exploring the new notes feature on Substack. It's it's claiming to be a Twitter type space where you can just say what you want. And as I've been sharing content on notes, um, I went and did screen grabs of all of the QAnon drops that mentioned Durham and this report. And there was a lot of them. There was one report, there was one Q drop right towards the end before they went silent. All it said was Durham. So you just you just dogged Q, Aaron, you know, saying those Q people, we don't want to be those Q people. I'm one of those Q people. And I had a lot of good information from the Q drops about what Durham was doing. So I did all these screen grabs and shared them in a note on Substack. And within about five minutes, they pulled the whole the whole post. And so it was the first time I personally had been censored on Substack in the notes feature. And you can kind of always tell, you know, you're over the target by what, what gets deleted. And so um, it's just an interesting thing I notice. And uh, I look forward to seeing if ever, those of you who are these kind of new truth-speaking journalists can come to accept that Q was real, was part of the Trump administration. Some of the information was totally legit and helpful to especially those of us who are longtime news junkies. So thoughts? Well, uh, I don't agree with you, Jenny, but I thank you for sharing your perspective. Sam, go ahead. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, you guys, for whatever reason, with Colin, I can't. So I'll try again next week. Uh, Just want to wish you congrats on uh, being a on the useful idiots and uh, Jen Saki uh, clip, please promise me you're going to with showing that clip back teen when she she embarrassed herself and said in a room full of journalists, "Oh, America has a long-standing history of not getting involved in other countries." Classic, and I love it. Um, again, I can't hear anything you guys that are saying for whatever reason. Colin's not. That was a good one. Thank you, Sam. And um, when you listen back, you'll hear us. Thank you. Because that, that was a great clip from Jensaki. Okay, Peter. Yes. Uh, good morning. Thank you for brightening up uh, our Monday morning, both of you. Thank you. The uh, uh, the question I have is, is, oh, one thing is this. I, I like the fact you played uh, Devin Nunes uh, on Fox News. and uh, But I think you missed the one part. I think it's more interesting. He complained that judiciary is completely has completely ignored the wrongdoings by the deep state after repeated filings by the Trumpsters. And uh, I find out that to be very interesting because uh, you have a very conservative guy, Nevin Dunas, still complaining about the courts is completely co- collapsed in yeah. face they around doing right so the question i have is for aaron uh thank you for writing a book about Doran report now my question is this after reading the Doran report did you get the impression that obama and clinton had a planned and furthered a conspiracy to immobilize a duly elected presidency if so is that an insurrection uh I think Clinton had some kind of plan to frame Trump as a Russian asset. And I think uh, after Trump won, that was used to basically keep him in line. Um, whether you want to call that an insurrection or not, I mean, I 
certainly to me it's anti-democratic and it was uh it was uh illegitimate um they conspired to undermine a elected president and um cause a lot of damage in the process how much obama was in on that i mean I, he was warned about this i just think obama obama is like a notorious coward and a pushover like He's not a neocon. He didn't want to like invade Libya or uh, you know or do a proxy war in Syria, but he got convinced. He just got you know his people really wanted to do it, and he and he got he he went and he went along with it. So I think I'm you know it's, it's all speculation, but I'm guessing something similar happened here. He heard about or he heard about this Clinton plan to frame Trump, and he was like, eh, all right, okay, well that's you know that's their business. So I don't know. And I can't say he was like involved beyond that. What, what I do know is that he allowed his intelligence community to go along with it and to validate it. And so actually, you know, yeah, in that sense, he was in on it. Uh, but whether, you know, I do think that like the, the people, that, like the brains behind this were Clinton and her team, because it's obvious they hired Fusion GPS to do the Steele report. They hired, they hired CrowdStrike, which blamed Russia for the DNC hack. They pushed all their crazy inventions to the media. So this really was them, and they were aided by the intelligence agencies, and Obama gave them a pass. Uh, okay. William. How you doing, Aaron? Hi, Katie. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Hey, guys. Hi, I'd like to address the Trump civil matter with E. Jean Carroll um, and some of the reports that I found uh painful to hear, although I enjoy Jimmy, but Jimmy Dora, but first of all, that look back window, that one year, that applies to sexual, all sexual assault victims, including those of pre-sexual assault. And so that wasn't mentioned by Jimmy, and I found that completely inaccurate. Now I, go ahead. Pre-sexual assault, you said? The look back window, one year that the aging girl, yeah. That applies to all victims of sexual assault, not just Trump. So that look back window, right, of oh, course. Oh, someone said it was just about Trump? Okay, no, yeah. No, but Jimmy reported along with uh, Kurt that it was, you know, that she pushed it through, that it was designed for her. Now, I've emailed Malcolm and Jimmy on this. I'm not getting a response, but I know Aaron has direct contact. And he needs to know the context of it. That is not true. It's not just for her. As you know, Katie, so I don't need to get any deeper on that. In addition, the judge had similar claims to show a pattern of behavior. So the the jury was a balance of men and women. Now, Trump can appeal it, right? But I found Jimmy's reporting, and I would address him directly, but he's not allowing call-ins. He doesn't do that anymore, and also I haven't gotten a response. But as a William, I got it, but I'm not the Jimmy Dore complaint line. So, well, yeah, but I mean, I'm airing it here because it's a media fail. I'm not blaming you for it, but it's clearly okay. a media fail. I got it. So thank you for sharing it. Uh, thank, and thanks for calling. Jonathan, go ahead. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, fabulous. Uh, firstly, I would like to say, as an early adopter of both Useful Idiots and the Katie Halper Show, I... Uh, I'm pretty confident that uh, part of the way the audience has grown is interacting with the chats. And as a supporter of labor, I like these work stoppages you do in the middle for likes. Thank you. Uh, you know what? You, nobody labors for free. There's a social contract here. 
we got to do our part. And sometimes I'm guilty of forgetting to hit the like button because I'm so eager to jump into the chats. Oh, well, don't. It don't happens. It's a teachable no, moment. No, I was good today. Oh, good. I was I was good today. You have us well trained. Thank you. Uh, but I, uh, I also, like, I enjoyed the hell out of Friday's episode. And um, I, like, I wondered if you were uh, familiar at all with um, Ryan Holiday's book that came out about 10 years ago called Trust Me, I'm Lying, which kind of covers the same time period and uh, kind of covers how that evolution, um, you know, in the in the early 2000s of uh, alternate media that got sucked into mainstream media and so on and so forth got um, kind of uh, helped to, to blur the line between uh, the PR industry and um, and journalism and, uh, you know, how a lot of uh, viral marketing happened. Uh, and that might be an, in, an interesting person to have on for an interview guest for Useful Idiots. Yeah, uh, DM me the name of that person. All right, will do. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, Jonathan's great, great guy and an EMT, so literal lifesaver. And I went on his call in the other day. It was very fun. Okay, Stephen. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hey, doing all right. How are you guys? Good, you? Yeah, doing great. Uh, not so much a question, just more of a, uh, a comment. Um, I, I'm an uh, Iraq war veteran. Uh, I was an infantryman, served in, you know, Bakuba during the surge in Iraq, lost uh, 13 brothers during that time. And, uh, you know, I started to notice all of this that, was being built around this war, the kind of, you know, corporatization of, uh, the war machine. And, uh, I also got a chance to stay in long enough that I was, uh, a part of the 173rd in the, uh, response to Crimea. You know, they, we were serving in Italy and they sent us over to, uh, Kiev to, uh, train up the Ukrainian soldiers. And I noticed very quickly that the Ukrainian soldiers were not, professional you know they're not um well trained they're not their hearts aren't in it. it it's just a real shit show and so just seeing more and more of this you know involvement seems to be a perfection of the things that i saw occur in iraq where we're just creating this corporate you know consistent uh, structure for continuous global conflict and i'm actually uh you know, in the works of uh, publishing my book about my deployment, you know, in Iraq. And I think that was the groundwork where we started that. And now here with Syria, Ukraine, you know, all over, we're, we're testing all of those theories and ideas. And, you, you know, you start to think you're crazy, but then you watch, you know, Aaron and you and all that. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. People, some people are seeing this. Well, Stephen, thanks. thanks. And, and it's can... so, it's, you know, much more powerful than, I, than us is when people who've actually lived through these wars, taken part in them, can speak out and yeah. tell us about the realities of them. So thank you for shedding light on the reality. Um, and, and let us know when your book comes out. 
Oh, no problem. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, okay, and, No More Crips is, is back. So Yeah, and that's yeah. And that, our last caller. All righty. No More Chris. Hey, guys. Thanks for letting me back up. I know you don't usually let people come on, so I appreciate it uh, in the same show. Um, Katie, I, I don't know if you saw it. I'm a small follower account on Twitter, so it may not have come across your radar, but I quote tweeted uh, your tweet the other day, um, the tweet in regard to the interview between Crystal Ball and Marianne, wherein you um, indicated via RFK's tweet about it that it wasn't a biased interview on that one segment, on the vaccine segment. Well, it wasn't, I would say it wasn't a hatchet job or smear, which is what people are saying. I don't think okay. it was a smear. Okay. I mean, so. Where'd when, you go? When the ratio, oh. sorry, I was trying to collect yeah. the thoughts. I apologize. Um, so when you see a ratio like that on YouTube, um, so, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, if you, use on your laptop there's a plug-in uh for the chrome browser and so you can still see like and dislike counts or oh, you can still see what, dislike counts. what is this uh plugin if you search for youtube dislike plugin for chrome okay. browser it'll come nice. up and you just install it and then you can see likes and dislikes still only on your laptop or or on a, on a pc um okay. or a mac um so the, the the ratio is 10 to 1. It was 30,000 dislikes to 3,000 likes roughly the last time I looked at it uh, or or something close to that regardless. So so to my eyes, people saw that as biased. Um, and and I, I my opinion is different than yours because I saw that interview and, and Crystal wouldn't allow RFK to respond to a couple of the questions she said and said that they were, a, a, you know, pretending like she had a hard break where they couldn't spare two more minutes to discuss the subject um i think well, and, and this is that, a, hold on if I hold could, on one thing if about i that. could make a point Wait, and i do want to hear your all right but hold on i just want to correct one thing which is that 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 i saw this brought up a lot that that time break was his not theirs okay well okay fine regardless she cut him off using that as an excuse and didn't let him answer questions and i think that, like this sucks for me because I think there are fair questions about RFK's vaccine positions, and, and I hate getting put in the position where I defend people that I don't like or that I don't think are fully right. Like I, I've had to defend Trump on shit for the last seven years because there's just completely biased attacks against him. I've defended yeah. Biden because there's biased attacks against him, and I don't want to defend those people. And I'm here in a position right now where I think I'm a little bit defending RFK on vaccines where I don't think he's fully right. Yeah. And so I I think what everybody saw that I'm not sure you're seeing the same way is that she cut him off and she didn't let him answer a few of the questions. He retorted and then she said they were at a at a hard time break. And that looked disingenuous to a lot of people. And I think the part that I want to wrap into this and ask you about is that you know, a, a lot of people in this room have seen Brianna's coverage of Marianne and seeing Katie or uh, Crystal's coverage of Marianne, and they have questions about why they're soft on Marianne when they're hard on other people. And I, I, I just think we're in an interesting time right now where there's a lot of people on, in lefty media that are, are not just 
acquaintances of Marianne, but are actual friends of Marianne. And I think that's why people got upset about the Crystal RFK clip is because everybody knows that Marianne officiated her wedding, you know, several days prior to that interview. Yeah. And there's questions about whether that's acceptable and whether people who are friends with a presidential candidate can objectively cover said presidential candidate and whether we should be or whether they should be honest. Because in my opinion, Brianna cannot like I've critiqued Marianne and she's come, come hard back with things that I think aren't honest about Marianne's record because she's friends with her. And I see that happen with Crystal. I see it happen with Kyle. I see the Vanguard boys doing it. And I, I think it, it's, so I guess all that to wrap together is, A, RFK is not going to say, hey, come look at this hatchet job that Crystal Ball did on me. She, he's going to be a politician because he's a politician. Ah. And he's not going to label it what it actually was, for one. And to use that tweet as proof that it wasn't what it was, which was a hatchet job on the vaccine. So a lot of the interview is very good, in my opinion. I think right. there was some questions about a hard break, whether he's going to leave the Democratic Party when he get, when, as we all know, is going to happen. He gets screwed by the DNC. You know, that's that's going to happen. We all know that's going to happen. And the question to him, whether he was going to break or not, is an important question. There were good questions in there. The vaccine stuff, I think a lot of people had problems with for, for righteous reasons. So, but I guess, do you think it's okay for people who are friends with Marianne Williamson to pretend to objectively cover Marianne when they plainly can't? People don't, like, if you ask me right. to give coverage of my girlfriend, I'm not going to be an unbiased person. I'm a biased yeah. person. I love her. She's, a, you know, my best friend and my girlfriend. And I'm not going to be honest about things because I'm going to I'm going to give her passes on things and 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 just. Yeah, can I, no, I, I understand. Let me respond to your question. I'm not going to be defensive about it. There are a couple of things um, I see. OK. Chris, there are a couple of issues. One is that one of my frustrations, let's put aside the interview for now, because I think I was probably responding uh, as much to what I see as an unfair framing of the relationship between Crystal and Marianne as I was to the interview per se. So then I'll respond to the interview question. But the thing is that Crystal Ball has always said that Mary, when she interviews her, she said that she's a dear friend. So that's one issue, right? I'm not saying you're saying this, but a lot of people are accusing her of like covering it up. Uh, she said it in many interviews I don't before. believe she said that yeah. in the RFK interview, which I think is important context for all people that are viewing that in a vacuum and don't know that. Okay, okay. Well, she has said it with her Marianne interviews. But, but here's the other thing is that it, what I think is problematic is the idea that I mean, this you're not saying, but I've actually seen this argument, which I can't believe people are making seriously, which is that Crystal did this because Marianne officiated her wedding, as if it was like a quid pro quo. Crystal likes Marianne's policies because they line up with Crystal's worldview. And I don't want to speak for Crystal, but I think that that's why. I don't think she, in other words, I think people have it a little backwards. I think they became friends because of her, because of their political agreement as opposed to they politically agree because uh, they're friends. The question of whether you can uh, cover someone fairly, I mean, I think that I've said this a lot about objective and subjective journalism, which is that 
to me, the more important thing is if you admit it, if you admit that you have a a bias. Now, I've also said this, that, and a lot of people uh, in the comments are making, I think, ridiculous comments, but I'll just ignore them because a lot of them are just factually wrong and ignorant. So I won't bother responding to them because they're uh, bad faith. Uh, but, um, I mean, I think that's a little unfair. Everybody in this comment section is a supporter of yours and and believes. No, that's not true at all. I think a lot of the people that are critiquing you in the comments right now are supporters of yours. Oh, people are saying, someone said that's why Katie's a bad journalist. Well, I wouldn't Um, label you a bad journalist. Thank you. And some people are saying, uh, okay, so, but wait, hold on one second. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, my thing is that I've said that I'm friends with Marianne, but I also disagree with her in Ukraine. And I think that some people, I'm not saying this about you because you said that you disagree with Kennedy on some things. I've said, I've, I keep saying, and I've said this from the beginning, I think both of them should be allowed to debate. I think both of them are, uh, have good things to bring to debate. I agree with Marianne on Medicare for all and disagree with him on Medicare for all. I don't think he's a big uh, backer of Medicare for all, but I agree with him on Ukraine and I disagree with uh, uh, Marianne on Ukraine. And, um, okay, someone just wrote something about Zionism. So I would love to ask this person who's saying that I I covered for her being a Zionist, what do you think? And and I'm gonna put you, I'm gonna invite you to comment. I am Burst Strether, Lambert Strether. Uh, and Aaron, if you have to go, that's totally fine. But Lambert Strether, you say uh, she didn't co- she didn't really cover the worker abuse issue. She defended, okay, this is what I'd like to respond to. You say that I defended her Zionism by saying all Dems think that way. So Lambert Strether, are you there? Can you acknowledge that you're listening and say, give me a thumbs up so that I, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, I said that. Lambert Strether, you're here because you just responded. Okay, you're listening. What are your thoughts on RFK saying the border with Mexico should be impervious and that we should base our policy on what Israel does at their border and that they don't have a wall, they have a fence? I I guess I just want... No, 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 I, okay, well, you can keep talking, but I, I just want to say that... Amber Strether to, to respond. Okay, he goes, I'm not supporting RFK, and that doesn't excuse Marianne Zionism. Uh, okay, so you so do you think that's worth criticizing? You said you're not supporting him. Are you, you're saying Marianne Zionism is unexcusable. RFK is also a Zionist, and he said something. And so, okay, you think that is worth criticizing. So are you going to... Uh, talk about that and do you, do you see Marianne's critics who who dismiss her as a Zionist talking about that that's that- all I'm saying is that there's a lot of the irony is that people accuse me of being biased I have said that she's wrong on Ukraine that I think she's wrong in Ukraine I've acknowledged that I'm friends with her she was and- wrong at Stand as well. She's wrong on most foreign policy, right? Yeah, but I don't know. Yes, I think that but I think what he said about the border and about Israel was very problematic. Totally. That's what I would say. Fair. Um, well, and, and I don't and I think that here's what I would say. I think that people can be biased for many reasons. And I think that pe- some people are biased. Um, 
And I think Marianne is probably better on, we'll have to see, but I think she's, she, I don't think, you know, uh, we'll see who's better on Israel, but uh, RFK or Marianne. But I think a lot of people are biased for things uh, besides friendship. And again, I think if I were totally in the tank for, for Marianne, I wouldn't say I disagree with her on Ukraine. I disagree with her on Afghanistan. I mean, absolutely, people are biased in all sorts of ways. But a friendship and something that's clear, like, I, I think, based off at least a, a selection of the comments here. And and I want to give a little credit to, I think, somebody just critiqued Jimmy a few callers ago on, on something that I think that person's right about and Jimmy was wrong about. But, like, this is, I think, a prime example, or that was a prime example Aaron declined to speak about it because Aaron is friends with Jimmy. That's how, or at least that's how I read it when the question no, came up a few why moments ago. It's because I'm not Jimmy's complaint line. So, right. so, for, and, so, so, for, so, so, so for just for example here, Jimmy was being critiqued over something I hadn't seen. And so I'm not in a, in a position to comment on something that I haven't seen. And it's nothing to do with me. I don't feel... Jimmy's complaints. So that's why I declined to speak on it is because and that's, that's totally between fair. the caller and, and Jimmy. Not that's totally Jimmy. fair. But I mean, I think we can all realize when we're biased. If I asked Katie to talk about Bodhi. Yeah, of course. Like you're not going to be honest about Bodhi because you love Bodhi. That's your little, that's your old baby. Like that's, you know, I wouldn't expect you but, to say, but, yeah, they bark, I mean, the dog barks too much. You know, he's, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, you yeah. get well, what I'm saying, Well, right? people, it's up to people. They can, they can decide if they think my friendship is blinding, then they can just disregard what I say. Again, I don't think if that were true, I don't think I would disagree with her publicly and state that I disagree with her publicly on Ukraine. And I included but, you less than I, than, and I was intentional in that because I have seen you criticize Marianne in a way yeah. that Crystal has not. Brianna has not. Kyle has not. The Vanguard has not. Right. I guess, but but here's what I think, though. What I will say is that I don't think it's, I think that, like, of course, the friendship thing is an issue. But I think that the reason that they are friends and the reason that they're uh, supporting her is mostly because they actually like her ideas. That's what I'll say. And then I think that there are people who are, so I think people... uh, some people give uh, Marianne a pass, and some people give Bobby Kennedy a pass. That's what I'll say. The part that's not righteous is when people are, are that they won't, that their bias shows in the way they cover it. And, okay. and Brianna has done that. I talked to Brianna about you and Mai's uh, a little bit sharp interaction a few months ago. Brianna hadn't heard it, and she... Uh, came to your defense in a very strong way because you and her are friends and I see it stronger. I, and I guess I'm critiquing Brianna and she's not here. It, it's probably wrong yeah. of me to do that. Yeah, uh, I should, we should so have her on. If you want. I'll just stop there. Okay. But yeah. speaking in the abstract, I see a lot of people who are friends with people that they're covering, not cover people in an unbiased way. I think everybody or a lot of people in the in the comments see that also and observe that and i think that 
I think that the people who are friends with Barry Ann need to sit this one out and not pretend like they can cover it in an unbiased way because they've proven with you being the exception for the most part. I think that you covering for that interview last week was a little bit of you uh, being friends with Marianne um, personally. No, it probably honestly was for was about Crystal. If if there's any friendship that's going to okay. get that. that, that's that fair, I love that's Crystal. Fair. And that's, I thought she was I, getting unfairly dragged. I appreciate you being honest about yeah. that. And that's that's more than we're getting out of these other people. And that's the critique I'm offering right now okay. is that these other people are not being honest. And I know you're all friends, right? You're friends with all of the people that I've mentioned. I mean, I don't know if you're friends with Vanguard Boys or not, but regardless, whatever. You are friends with Crystal. You're friends with Bree. That's known. I think most people here do know that. And so I just oh, think I that people who are friends me. with Marianne should not be covering Marianne or pretending like they can objectively care, cover Marianne because they can't overall. Yeah, right. I appreciate you being critical. What do you do, though, when I say, like, what are you supposed to... Does that mean I can't say that RFK is right on Ukraine and she's wrong on Ukraine? Like, I, if you want to totally write me off, then... No, I, I'm a subscriber of yours. I don't write right. your you. off at all. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I read with them with my knowledge that I have right. that I come to the table with, and, and I, you know, understand it through that lens. Um. So anyway, I think I've made my point and I okay. appreciate it, Grady. Yeah. One, thank you. Thanks for that. One yes. thing, I guess I, I would say that I think that people are, I think it's fair to say that people are, see, I, I really think that the people who are in the tank for Marianne, it's actually mostly because of her policies as opposed to friendship and that the friendship came afterwards. But sure, I think that when you're friends with someone, you also probably overlook certain things. But I also think that Marianne is, I think that both Bobby Kennedy and Marianne are treated unfairly by different people. I think some, uh, but but what I thought was unfortunate was because what, what so a bias that I thought was there that's unfortunate is that I didn't see a lot of the people who critique um, Marianne Zionism speaking out against what Bobby said on the on Israel. And that to me shows a kind of uh, its own kind of bias, because if you care about Israel, Palestine, you care about Palestine, you care about um, about the way someone describes Israel. And I think I, I, I think if Marianne had said that we should be copying Israel on the border and said, Israel doesn't have a wall, it has a fence, that people would be extremely up in arms about that. So that's that's what that's my one of my big points. But again, I agree with him on Ukraine. Um all right. So uh thank you guys for this call and we will see you next week. Also, um I'll be doing a live show with my good friends. That's true. Uh uh, Brianna Joy Gray, June 10th in uh, New York City. So stand by. It'll be on the Lower East Side. Stand by for info on that. Okay. Thanks, everyone. End room. Oh, and also I'm I, I'm I'm interviewing uh, Richard Wolf uh, this Tuesday, and I ask him what he thinks about Marianne Williamson and Bobby Kennedy. But that's going to be on the Patreon only at patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show.